Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Cameron Norris, Nick Savolka, and Ron Satran. Welcome one and all. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Awesome, awesome. And Nick and Ron are involved with Youth with a Mission and prayer stations worldwide and putting them out there to churches and people to let them know of God's love and that communion he wants with each and every one of us, part of his flock here on earth. So with that, Cameron, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts as we break open the Gospel of Luke? Chapter 12, verses 32 through 48. Do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in so we can see where to see, hear where to hear, and then put it into action? I would love to. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we invite you into this. We want to hear what you have for us to hear today. We want to see what you have for us to see today. As we open up the bread of life, Holy Spirit, breathe on it just as you've promised, to make your word live and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. We invite you here, and we want to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And Nick, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? All right, this is the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verses 32 through 48. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your belongings and give alms. Provide money bags for yourselves that do not wear out, an inexhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can reach nor moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. Gird your loins and light your lamps and be like servants who wait their master's return from a wedding, ready to open immediately when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds vigilant on his arrival. Amen. I say to you, he will gird himself and have them recline at table and proceed to wait on them. And should he come in the second or third watch and find them prepared in this way, blessed are those servants. Be sure of this, if the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have left his house be broken into. You also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect the Son of Man will come. Then Peter said, Lord, is this parable meant for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, Who then is the faithful and prudent steward whom the master will put in charge of his servants to distribute the food allowance at the proper time? Blessed is the servant whom his master on arrival finds doing so. Truly I say to you, the master will put the servant in charge of all his property. But if the servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the men servants and maid servants to eat and drink and get drunk, then the servant's master will come on an unexpected day 
and at an unknown hour, and will punish the servant severely, and assign him a place with the unfaithful. The servant who knew his master well, but did not make preparations nor act in in accord with his will, shall be beaten severely. And the servant who was ignorant of his master's will, but acted in a way deserving of a severe beating, shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, that's pretty deep. I know for me, as I look at this, I really look at what the Lord Jesus is saying to each of us, his disciples. Don't be afraid. You see, fear is faith in the wrong kingdom. Fear is a lot of lack of trust in God. It's a head and a heart issue, and we battle with that. When we truly have faith in God, we truly trust God, we surrender, then fear runs from us. Every time we experience that temptation to fear, stop, drop, and pray. And say, Lord, help me. Lord, be with me at this moment. Teach me what I'm supposed to learn in this part of my life, this part of the journey, and then allow me to use that to teach others. So again, I guess they say 365 times throughout the Bible, be not afraid is is uttered in some way, shape, or form. Why? Because God knows one of the enemy's main tactics is to use fear to enslave God's people. So be not afraid. Trust in God. Fear is faith in the wrong kingdom. Faith in God is what sets us free to be vessels of his love in this world. I've also heard fear described as, you think of the letters F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. And the idea of Mm. what do we have faith for? Like, do we want to be in the faith camp or do we want to be in the unfaithful? It talks about putting assign him a place with the unfaithful. So when we hear of something or we have a thought come into our mind, is it a faith-filled thought or is it an unfaith-filled, unfaithful, unfaith-filled spot? Mm. Right? Like what? Where are we putting? Like if if you're uh, somebody you live with, if they don't show up at home when you thought they would, if they're if they're running 15 minutes behind, where does your mind go? Does it go to, oh, man, I hope something bad didn't happen. Oh, man, I hope, I hope uh, the weather's okay or, or traffic's okay or, man, I hope they didn't get an accident. That is false evidence. If we dwell on those thoughts, if we keep running those pictures, that's not the camp that we want to be in. We, we can train our minds with the power of the Holy Spirit that when somebody doesn't show up 15 minutes, you're thinking, whoa, what if the boss pulled him aside today and gave him that promotion? Or, or just so, something with some hope to it, something with some faith that, hey, good news, that, that's on our horizon. So if something's out of the norm today, man, I can't wait to hear what the good news is going to be, right? And, and we get this idea of what, what false evidence is there <clears throat> because... The Holy Spirit comes to us with a still, small voice, and he gives us these internal nudges of, 
of things that we then fill our thoughts with. But the enemy also comes to your ear, and he's given you ideas to put in your mind. We got to be careful. We have to guard our hearts. That, that means as a thought comes in, if it's not the right thought, flush it. We have the power to exchange one thought with another. As thoughts are coming to us, we get to hold them up and say, is that my own thought? Is that a thought from the Holy Spirit? Is that sound like something that the enemy wants? And the enemy's fingerprints are pretty obvious. Still, kill, destroy. John 10.10. 10. If it's destructive, if it wants to rob you, if it has the blueprints of the enemy, <clears throat> do not let it set up a tent and pound its pegs into the ground in your mind. Take that thought and say, Lord, this is not you. This is not me. This does not have a home in my mind. So I don't know how we got into talking about fear, how David started us off. But the other scripture verse is, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, right? And that word truth there is translated reality. You will know reality and reality will set you free. Mm. The idea that what is truth? What is the actual reality? And, and it just takes a little bit of the wrong version. I'm thinking about we have Dr. Bill Lyle coming up for the stewardship conference. He's uh, the pro-life doctor. Here, here, here's an idea of what I'm talking about. Is it a baby or is it just a fetus? Or a zygote. Or a zygote. Or a pack of cells. <laughs> you got it. And I'm telling you, that is the simple tool that the enemy uses, distorting reality. Uh, well, what's real? What is it? Am I a boy? I mean, I'm I'm throwing out some things that are that are in the news right now, but this idea you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We need to we need to guard our hearts. We need to understand what truth is. We need to get our get ourselves into the Word of God and don't let a false reality warp what the real reality is. And the good news is. The Lord gave us the sacred scriptures, the Holy Bible. It's the, it's the foundation of truth for us. So when you shared that, Cameron, I was also saying, you know, the truth will set us free. Well, the truth is Jesus Christ. That's right. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So for me, that truth, the who sets me free is not me. That person that sets me free is Jesus That's Christ. Right. He's, the, he's the one that says, let me, give you, let me give you my hand. Let me help you out of that cell which you created that cell of fear the enemy has you in. So for me, Lord Jesus, set me free. And, and here's the other thing. You said you rob and steal. So the gift of the Holy Spirit is peace mm-hmm. and love. But who comes to rob that? If, you're, if your peace is getting robbed or attempting to be robbed, you know the enemy's present. So what do you do? Stop, drop, and pray. Lord, help me. The enemy's trying to you know, overcome and come through my walls of my heart to rob the gift, the gift that the Father wants to give me of peace and joy and, you know, all these gifts of the Holy Spirit. So for me, when I sense that, it's like, no, 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 this fear is not of you. The enemy's attacking me. Help me, Lord. And a lot of time with the Father, I love this, you know, I'm part of his little flock. The Father who delights in me as precious son, do you know he delights in you as precious sons and daughters? Do you know what he says to me? Hey, David, let's go fishing. Hey, David. Let's take a walk. Hey, David, you wanted, to, you wanted to, to do this with the kids and go swimming? Let's do it together. So for me, when you realize that, that we are precious sons and daughters of the Father who is pleased 
to give us the kingdom, pleased to give us the desires of our hearts that he puts there, not things that we put there. And I think what for me is when you realize that, that we, our true father is in heaven and in through and with Jesus Christ, we have access to that father. We cry out like he did in the garden, Abba, father, I'm going through all this. If it's possible, take it from me. But you know what, Father? My prayer is this. I surrender not to my will, but to your will, because mm-hmm. you know what's best for me and for the salvation of souls. That's the freedom. That's the freedom. That's the abundant life Jesus Christ died, gave his life for, for you and me. Fear is not of God. Holy fear. That disruption in the relationship is the only fear that we're to have. I don't want to ever have that relationship, that communion, that common union with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit disrupted by my choice to sin. Mm. Going back to uh, what you were talking about before with the truth, there is an absolute truth, and that truth in Christ. And I know that there's a common um, theme today where people talk about it being my truth. This is my truth. And they are purposely taking God's truth out of the equation, and they're just putting it into what they want their truth to be, and they just want to live the way that they want to live, and they don't want to be subject to God's absolute truth. And I think that it's really important for us to recognize that when people have this desire to just do what they want to do, and they don't want to relinquish control to Christ. And to have an absolute truth that you can rely on, it's it's something that everybody needs. They need to have that absolute truth. It's not about my truth. It's about God's truth. You know, and doesn't that story sound familiar? It goes back to a garden yeah. where Adam and Eve are in the garden, yeah. and they wanted to decide the difference between good and evil. Well, isn't that what we do every day? When we choose to play God, am I a man? Am I a woman? Am I pregnant? Is it a baby? Is it... Stop. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of your word. It is absolutely the truth. You that enfleshed that word, the word became flesh in Jesus Christ. If you truly use the word of God as your blueprint of how to live your life to find your way home to heaven, you know, um, the first GPS ever made for human beings is the Holy Bible. Mm. GPS stands for God's plan for salvation. G-P-S. So, man, ladies and gentlemen, it's right out in front of you. If you want to learn how you get to heaven, he gave us the blueprint. He gave us the GPS, the spiritual GPS. So get into the word, learn the word, live the word, and be not afraid. I love the next sentence. And this is a challenge to many people. Sell your belongings and give alms. Oh, my goodness. Does that mean, Lord, you want me to sell everything that I have? Yep. But notice what he says. Sell your belongings. If you think you own anything, that's a, that's a, that's a weight. That's a Jacob Marley chain on you. God has entrusted you with his treasures your bank account, your home, your car, your children, everything. They're his. 
not yours. So Jesus is saying, hey, if you think they're yours, sell them, get rid of them. But if you realize that they're mine, they belong to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're entrusted to you as sacred gifts to be used to be a blessing to others, to serve others, now I can use you. In fact, you do well with the little things I give you, I'm going to give you more. You do better with the more, I'm going to give you even more. Why? Because I can trust you to realize it's not yours. You didn't do it. They're not your gifts. Take no credit because if you take credit and you believe they're yours, then you take the place of God because I did it. What's the center of sin? S-I-N-I. What's the center of pride? P-R-I-D-E? I. Yep. That's so good. So what we have entrusted to us to be stewards of, he's, he's looking at our heart. He's looking at, can I trust you with more, right? If I can give you five of something and know that you're not going to go hide it and lock it in a safe and, you know, just hang on to it, if he can trust us to be vessels to flow through, how much more does he want to give? Like, think of, think of the billions of people in this world. He wants to reach out to each and every one of them and... His miraculous plan is to do it through others. Can we be those vessels that he can trust? Can, can he trust us to do something as simple as to hear of somebody's concern, pause, and pray with them? Can, simple things. Can we see a need and meet the need? Or are we blind to see that need And because we're so busy with all of our distractions and the things that we're doing? But I really want to go back to this. Your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Jesus came to do what the Father had him to do, to say he came to reveal the Father. We, we, need, to, we need to remember that the gift giver is the reason for the gift. Everything points back to the Father. We have a heavenly Father that wants to spend time with us. He wants to go fishing with us. He wants to take a walk with us. And something I just read, I'm reminded of, and I understand uh, everybody has different upbringings, but if you have the thought that I messed up, my dad wants to, ki- my dad's going to kill me, that idea when we mess up, I just want to drop a nugget to you. I messed up, I need to call my dad. I need to be with my dad. See what I'm saying? It's a different mindset. It's that Heavenly Father is not sitting behind the door, waiting with a stick. He is is that uh, prodigal son. He is standing at the edge of the porch, looking on the horizon, and as soon as your head's popping up, he is picking up, and he is running, arms wide open, get everybody together, get get the sandals, get the ring, Get prepare the, a feast. Prepare a feast. Get everybody together. We're it's welcome. a celebration. That's right. That is the Father. That so, yeah. Just, just want to highlight that is your Father. This is Jesus. So these are red letters here. This is Jesus saying, "Your Father." He is reminding us we have a heavenly Father that thinks about us, and it is love that is in His eyes. You know. And going a little bit deeper on that, the only reason Jesus Christ came to this earth, the one and only reason Jesus Christ came to this earth, 
is to do the will of the Father. That's right. We are called to be in our uniqueness, Christ in the world. What did Jesus do throughout his ministry? He went in a quiet place, up a mountain, up a hill, into the desert to do what? Call out to the Father. Father, what do you want me to do today? Father, give me the strength. Even when he had his buddies, Peter, James, and John, his closest three, in the garden, up the mountain, he went off by himself to be with the Father. So if you realize your call in this life is to do the will of the Father, how many times when you wake up do you say, Father, what would you like me to do today? Father, go with me today. Father, use me for your purpose today. Because when I learned that, it changed my whole world. In, through, and with Jesus Christ, we have access to the Father. When the disciples said, hey, Lord, John told his disciples how to pray. Teach us how to pray. He didn't say, what you say is, Jesus do this, Jesus do that. No. Jesus said, let me teach you how to pray. Our, uniting us with him, our Father, as precious sons and daughters with our Lord Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, if you get that and understand that the Father delights in you, he created you in his image and likeness, and in through with Jesus Christ, he wants to use you for the salvation of souls every day, Woo! your life becomes a great adventure. Well, the father heart of God is, is truly expressed in that story of the prodigal son, because um, I believe, uh, as I meditated on that story once, that the father didn't just go down once the road to, to look, but I think he went down every day, maybe more than once a day, because the Jewish law said that if the elders of the city saw that son who had rebelled against the father, it was their duty to stone him to death. And the father wanted to find him first in order to redeem him. And so his heart is expressed. Uh, he's expressing the heart of Father God, who is uh, not out to punish us, but out to redeem us. And uh, I think that's a, a beautiful expression in that story of, uh, of the heart of the Father. And uh, going back to what you had said earlier, um, it's a matter of giving up rights. <laughs> you know, the Lord is not asking us to, uh, uh, to have a socialistic society. He's saying, I, want, I don't want your things. I want you to give me the rights to everything that you have. And it's not just finances. It has to do with anything that we feel like we have a right to. This world is everyone's wanting their rights. And if we will give our rights back to the Lord, then he gives us in return privileges. And we can enjoy the privileges that he blesses us with. One of my most difficult things in that story of the prodigal son is, as a father, it's so difficult to wait to allow that mm-hmm. son to right. or daughter to leave, to go in and eat, you know, eat and, and, and like waste everything. What the father didn't do is run to the town, grab a hold of him, and drag him That's back. Right. But he prayed for them yep. mm-hmm. every day, yep. looked every day. Yep. His heart ached for that return. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the Lord, even says in the scripture, the Lord turns us over to Satan yeah. in the hopes that we'll come back to him. Sometimes we got to let a person hit bottom, mm-hmm. always be waiting for that moment, that little 
glimmer of hope. But too many times we try and play fix it and fix her. Yeah. And we run out there and try and fix it, and that's not of God. He has a way of letting oh. us get over ourselves. Oh yes, he he can he can he can wait and watch and let us try to figure it out on our own until we turn that over to I can't do this, and then he says I know I, I've been inviting you onto my lap this whole time. I I got this. I I know I know what to do here. I can help you through this. I I want to jump back into the verses here as we're c- closing up. Uh, and read this middle part here. He said, um, and he should come in the second or the third watch and find them prepared in this way. I feel like this is being highlighted to me. Our lives go through different stages, right? We have our childhood, we have our young adult, we have our adult years, we have our older years, and our even senior years. The second and third watch, keep, keep an eye on yourself. Just because you 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 sprinted hard in in one stage of our lives, we have to finish well. We have to finish well. Exactly. It doesn't matter if we have to have this idea. Hey, right now it's the second watch for me in my life, or right now it's the third watch for me. It doesn't matter when he shows up. I'm keeping a lookout on this watch. Just want to encourage you with that. And that's Saint Paul, you know, where he says, you know, he persevered in the race. He didn't get out and sit on the bench and say, I'm good to go. He stayed into the finish. And he said, I may not even finish. So for me, let go and let God. Get out of the middle. Trust him. He has the answers. And let's be those lights in the world that bring his hope, his mercy, and his compassion. God bless each and every one of you. Let's be instruments in God's hands for the salvation of souls. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Stewardship, a mission of faith is excited to announce the details of a -a one-of-a-kind conference held at the historic Star Barn Village in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania, September 14th and 15th. It's time to wake up and stand on biblical truths. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14 remind us to be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Your every act should be done with love. Nationally known speakers Dr. Bill Lyle, the pro-life doctor, and Dr. Tim Clinton, Executive Director of the James Dobson Family Institute, 
will deliver messages that are countercultural. They are joined by Father John Clote from the Diocese of Phoenix, Devin Schott from the Fathers of St. Joseph, and several others. Don't miss this amazing event. For tickets and information, please visit stewardshipconference.org or call us at 717-367-0100, that's stewardshipconference.org, or 717-367-0100.